You're listening to the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. Follow the show on social media and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Now, here's Jason and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, and alongside me, as always, is... Paul Gillieri. Paul, we've come to the end of another leg of the 2022 Pearl Jam Tour. You know what? I feel like each leg is rife with stories of, will they even finish this leg? We've got anger (laughs) in our face, Paul. I put out a disclaimer (laughs) video last week. We recorded Sunday night. We're like, you know what? They've canceled three shows in a row. His voice is quote unquote gone or whatever. And so we thought, okay, obviously not going to play tomorrow night. And they play tomorrow night because that's, yeah. Look, that's it, how the show works. It's the best possible news we could have received. It was great in retrospect for you know the entire community. It sucked for the show. <laughs> hence, the, <laughs> hence the disclaimer. But anywho, here we are. Amsterdam is done. Um, a quick shout out before we continue. We've got a couple guests waiting in the wings. But before we continue, a big shout out and thank you to the patrons out there and anybody who's bought a shirt and anybody who's left a review or a rating or any of that stuff. We really appreciate it. it. When you feed the algorithm, it doesn't infiltrate our dreams in the middle of the night and drag us into the upside down where we need Kate Bush to save us. So I am Paul thrilled. has been watching Stranger Things only a month <laughs> behind everybody else. It's okay. Only a month behind everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we continue... Uh, I have to just get out of the way. We have two guests, like I said, and they have, we've, we've tried to find the best possible way to get these guys on the show for the longest time. This is probably the best opportunity to bring these, these generals. One is bearded. One is not. They're <laughs> Titans of the Pearl Jam community. I have Randy Sobel, one half of live on four legs podcast. Randy. Hello. I'm just two legs. That's it. <laughs> you're, you're two of the four legs that's true that's that's a better way of putting it and, and i, I, w- I want to address because you said you had some egg on your face uh thankfully i was able to edit the last episode that we had out last week which was the <laughs> tell your ed one and there was a lengthy conversation probably like three or four minutes of why and this was recorded before amsterdam mm-hmm. before we knew what we knew and it was why don't they go back to the sit down kind of set that they did a Telluride. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, how do we make this work? How do I say like, okay, this was recorded in the past and what we know now is not. And I'm just like, no, all cut because it's really irrelevant. So uh, they, they did that. And <laughs> we just kind of, you know, wrong place, wrong time. But we didn't, we didn't run it that way. We didn't run it that way, See, but I'm not saying. You had the extra You just day. let the cat out of the bag, Randy. Yeah. No, it's okay. Edit tricks. Look, I'm, I'm hey. down giving out my magic, you know. That's true. You know, and speaking of magic, the master of segues, Paul couldn't do it. So I'm going to step in the magic of segues. We've got the magic of David. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm saying it correctly. Yantash. Yeah, that's more wow. uh, correct than you would think. Yeah. But well, I, isn't American, it? It's just it's Jantosh. It's oh, Jantosh. But yeah. Live <laughs> footsteps.org. <laughs> <laughs> if, Dave, if remember the be... first time I had you on my show and I couldn't say it, I had to do like I know. five takes. But you're you're right, Jason. That that is the Austrian way of saying my last name. <laughs> so wow. now you're, you're now you're going. To, you're, we're talking about Europe here. So why not? 
See, yeah. that's that's what today I'm you are Yontosh. I'm, I'm Yontosh. a fan of the old country and I'm pronouncing things as the old country. What David and Randy are here, and if we're talking with David and Randy, of course we're talking about the live aspect of the Pearl Jam legacy, the beast that is Pearl Jam. And as we finished up Europe, we have to fig- figure out a bunch of superlatives and, and, and dissect what we just listened to or what we've just seen. If you were lucky enough to go to any of these shows, um, I know Randy, you, you traveled across our great land and did you see any shows? No, not yet. I'm still got uh, the offer, but I, felt so I had a, yeah, my, my September's packed and I'm going to, I'm going to try to do a seven show stretch including oh, a show that i don't have any tickets to or any way to get tickets oh. to so that's the apollo obviously god bless you um <laughs> there's you have a little campaign that i want to touch on later on when we get to that yeah, uh, portion sure. of the show um let's let's start off with some some basic facts like i said you know you guys have not been on the show before so let's get some basic facts out of the out of the way for the listeners who i mean let's be honest everyone knows who you guys are but you're on our show for the first time we got to get the uh the cv out of the way so when did each of you get into Pearl Jam and how? And uh, Randy, we'll start with you. God, my, it's such a lengthy story. Shit. Um, all right. I'm going to try to like, give me the haiku version. The high, Yeah. All right. <laughs> so um, I'm a little bit, I wouldn't say a late bloomer because that's not fair. I'm, I'm younger than most of the average Pearl Jam fan. I'm not 40 yet. I'm in my mid thirties. Well, fuck you. So, <laughs> oh well if that's it then i'll i'll see you later goodbye <laughs> um, so the at yeah I, I always considered at the height of everybody's like most influential sort of music listening is probably junior high like sixth seventh grade and i was 12 when yield came out so that was mm-hmm. right there i had neighbors that were like neighbors brothers that were really like into the band and started following them around. And I remember in 98, they went over to MSG and they were at that show that we might end up talking about later. And like, it was, it was just kind of around me and I was just like, all right, well, obviously I know the hits. I know the Jeremy video and I know the do, do the evolution video that was out at the time. So I went out, got the yield and you know, I, I don't know what I expected from it. I really didn't. Um, but I put it on and heard Brandon Shea and I'm like, okay. in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's the first punk song that I ever heard, which is weird because obviously nobody really considers Pearl Jam a punk band, even though they have tons and tons of influences. But it, it feels like that was the gateway into the world of punk, which I really dug my feet into much later after that. But it wasn't until like 2006 that I considered myself a, a super fan. So. But so Brain of Jay was really your first little pop. Absolutely. I love Absolutely. that. I love that. Just that in the beginning. Just hearing that. Like the false start. Yeah. Oh, man. Still love it. Yeah. David, what do you got? All right. So I started out, you know, you know, with 10, you know, right out, you know, my brother had the set. And then we first got our first CD player and we got all these, you know, 90s, 91, you know, CDs and everything. It's like, okay, so we wore out 10, like, CD just over and over and over again. And then when Versus came out, I remember waiting in line at the local department store just to get in, just to get the, get Versus. Um, Wow. Like, Vitalogy. um, you know, I r- really got into that. You know, I remember sitting on my uh, grandparents' porch, 
just sitting there listening to that, like, oh yeah, this is awesome. I, I got into, you know, no code, you know, and then then I started getting into more into like other bands like Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and stuff like that. So like then I started kind of falling off of Pearl Jam for a few years. And then like 2003 during the tours that year, my brother was like, Hey, you know, Pearl Jam's coming around. You want to go see them? I mean, we were already seen like page and plant in concert. We had seen Roger Waters in concert. We started getting uh, seeing concerts more. Mm. And they were like, you know what? You know, we love Pearl Jam. You know, like we, we still like the band. And, you know, then that we saw at Mansfield, Massachusetts, July 11th, 2003. Oh, the, the you saw, the you saw that show. Holy the, shit, dude. The experiment. That was my first show. <laughs> and we this, were, though. we were actually, we were actually late. We were a few songs late to get in because we didn't know about the preset. Yeah. And also we're like scrambling in there. Like, Oh great. We get, we get in there and we're, we're just in awe. I'm like, you know what? Like from my brother, I'm like, Hey, if they're coming back around again, we're going to go another show. So we'd be like, okay, you know, next year, you know, they uh, we just kept on going to show and show and show. And I've been into them ever since it, it's, it's, it's an addiction. Can I ask you what your, what your show number is? I'm only gone to 16. Cause I've only no, normally gone around when they come in the Boston number? area. Yeah, <laughs> You're starting solid. in 2003. It's not a bad number at all. Yeah. So 16, the furthest I've ever gone to a show is I went out to um, Cleveland and the buffalo and that's the furthest that i've gone for a pearl jam show i dig it randy how 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 far have you gone how many shows have you gone to i can drink at pearl jam shows legally i've been to 21 nice <laughs> what's the farthest you were i mean this year would have been Sacktown and and uh, vegas and yeah um furthest would probably be either east troy wisconsin chicago oh, cool. i never gone past the the midwest for one which, which east troy uh, Oh three? Oh uh no 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 uh, PJ twenty. Oh shit! You went to that. That's that's awesome. Yep. Those are both nice. Very very. And cool. Chicago Chicago was oh nine. Was the second night in oh nine and uh, the first Wrigley. Twenty thirteen. So, the Lightning Show. Twenty thirteen. Right. Oh yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So okay, we know when you guys got in, involved in the band and got kind of really stoked on it. I guess well, I mean, oh, let's keep it sort of tight. But like, David, we'll stick with you then. How do you find your way from being the fan that you were and all of a sudden you're like a recovering fan where you've gone to a show and like, oh, I got a little taste. Now what? How do you go from that to starting a website called livefootsteps.org that tracks every fucking thing, including like the rarity quotient? It's incredible. <laughs> so Pearl Jim doesn't tour all that often. So I have to have my, you know, my live shows somehow. And my brother really really got into dave matthews band and they have a site you know dmb almanac which is mm-hmm. you know stats on steroids for 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 dave matthews wow. and like they're like pearl jam where they 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 take their set list and just jumble them up all the time every show you can go to three shows in a row and not hear a single repeat and like he loved the stats of that my brother was like, hey, you know, eventually he was like, you know what? It'd be really cool to do this for Pearl Jam. Like, they do the same thing. Like, they they mix up their set list so, so much. He's like, I want to know, like, all of this information. You know, it's really cool to figure out for, for Dave how about for, for Pearl Jam. 
So I was like, you know what? Let, let me let me think about that. Like I had created created a bunch of different websites growing up as a kid and, and doing this and that, but nothing really had this really good backbone for all this information and everything. So like I really dove into it, and this was just about like I went live ten years after my first show. So in two thousand thirteen is when the site went live, and I probably would be working on it for about a year before I went live on it, and like just going through all the information going through all the, the the set lists and the shows and inputting it all and trying to figure out all the different numbers you know it it, it just got to be an obsession to go be like okay you know, that that's really cool and let's break it apart and how how can i add more stuff and then people found the site and started giving me all these different ideas but then you know what it, it's not my full-time job so <laughs> You have I'm a always real job pays you money. This. Oh my god! Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so yeah, I wish know that this site made me money, but <laughs> I mean, I'm there. I do one, have one of my favorite there. little features of the site is the the, the news section where you've got like uh, you know how many songs are approaching 600, 500, 400, and so on. Mostly because there's really there's some surprising tracks on there. Like I, and you know, we talk and about that was Randy. That was Randy. Yeah. Like Randy asked oh, nice. me, he's like, wouldn't that be a good thing to like? And I was like, you know what? Let me just crack the numbers and then go like spit it out because I, I don't know all these things off the top of my head. Randy's like, just like, oh yeah, I, I think this is coming up to close to six hundred. You know, quarter raise, you know, blah blah blah. Like that's why <laughs> I then, created this. Like, <laughs> but forgot all I those know. numbers once the tour happened. <laughs> I was looking. I'm like, wait a minute. Porch already had six hundred. When was that? <laughs> Corduroy hit six hundred. What, what? What did that happen? I had no freaking clue. After all the stuff going down, it was too much to retain. Like, yeah, you can remember that stuff in the moment and be like, "Oh, that's cool." And and I I knew right away when they played nothing as it seems and they opened with it in Amsterdam. I knew right away that was number one hundred. But it's it's a lot to remember. I, I do want to say, I feel like I, since we've started the podcast and we've kind of teamed up on a bunch of things, Dave, I, I have influenced a lot of the advanced level stats on your site, you know? Yeah. You, you've been like, Hey, I have this question. I'm like, you know what? I have that question too. Now it's like, I'm going to, you know, crack the numbers, put it, put in some, you know, it's coding this and that. And, and I always go to people like, Hey, what boot? What everybody likes to ask? What bootleg should I listen to? What What do you recommend? And I don't want to recommend get, something. Well, I don't want to recommend something that I like. I want them to bring it out of them. I say, all right, what's an arrow? What's uh, an album that you like a lot of tracks from? And I say, pick three tracks. I, I say, pick a common one. You know, something like Black or you know, Alive, State of Love and Trust. Um, or, and I say, pick like kind of a more rare one and then pick something in between. And then you put all those in on the search tool and it'll give you, if there are any shows, it'll give you shows that all the three of those songs were played. And I think that that's just a, such a magnificent tool that, you know, I'd been wondering about that for certain things. I checked up stuff earlier today on songs that were played back to back and, and all that. It's just like, who else wants this? It's a rabbit hole. It's, it's an yeah. absolute rabbit hole. It is. I still go through it a lot. Like the times, I guess there was, you have like an extra section where it talks about like sh the number of shows that have opened up with two consecutive covers. 
And and they did that yep. like three nights ago or four nights ago for the first time yep. in like twelve years. And like <laughs> that is so random. Like what he asked me these questions that I I I I pulled together and I okay, let me let the you know computer do the, the uh the uh, query, I guess. Of I remember. So that one specifically, I remember what I had originally asked you. And then I asked you again, have there, and I, I forgot which one I asked you for, but it was originally Irvine 1992. I think they opened with Baba and they went into Sonic Reducer, I believe. And I think there was another co- cover in that three song stretch, if I'm not mistaken, but now I can't for the life of me. I can't remember. I love the visual aspects of the site too. Like you do the album percentages, you mm. know, that was one of the extra features you pick your year. So if we just did this tour alone, you can see which albums are getting a lot of love. I mean, backspacer, not getting a lot of backspacer on this tour, but unless you're no. literally looking at the track listings of every show, you necessarily wouldn't know that, you know what I mean? But if backspacer is one of your favorite albums, you know what I mean? Like stick, for example, big back backspacer guy. I, I think he's a, a huge lightning bolt fan as well, but mm-hmm you kind of look at these types of visuals and, and you don't even have to look at the numbers cause you could just see it. So I, I think it's, it, it's a nice aesthetic and, and it's, it's a nice, uh, you know, uh, additional way I should say to kind of present the data. I have one suggestion. Data. Oh yeah. Yeah. May I, may I offer one? Okay. So you have this cool spot where you have um, like this, bar, this, uh, it's not a bar graph, but it's like the, the lines of what's most popular, like what's the percentage of a set list kind of thing which album is, is, and so if I could hover my mouse over the line and it illuminated more obviously which album it was referring to, because some of the colors are very similar, that would help me understand, oh, this is clearly 10, or oh, hey, this is clearly Backspacer. Is that annoying? No, so where is you're talking about? Is you talking about if like you the click album extras over the years? Extras? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah if you go in extras. So, yeah. If you I ask mean, him, he will work on it. I'm yeah. putting it out there. So historical percentages. Abuse it if you'd like. You go in there oh, yeah. and you, these beautiful, um, these these flow charts essentially, and I can hover over certain data points and it says, okay, 1992, 74.09% of the songs were from 10. Great. Um, that's easy because it's really obvious in that point. But when it gets super congested in like, you know, 2010, other people like hover over like one of those colors and say, what the fucking color is that? Is that cyan? What is that reference to? It'd be cool to just, <laughs> really obvious is like oh this is no code yeah well it's, it's listed at the top in in the i know um, but it's hard to recognize in the, you know, i know i know i'm just it. saying it's hard to see that i'm, I'm nitpicking I'm, I'm i have to find i have to find something to complain about because otherwise i'd be like this is fucking perfect i don't know <laughs> you know me? this is who i am let's um let's go through like a lightning round of like the questions but because you guys are Ooh. like live pearl jam savants i have to pose the questions to you Rather than you know the gen pop out there. No offense, of course. And gen pop is great. I'm I'm gen pop for Christ's sake. So let's go with this. We'll go big picture first. Gun to your head. Favorite tour. Oh three. There's just I would say, so much I would going say on. Too. I mean that that was how I got started. That strong. was strong. And there's so many songs there, and just yeah. I mean. Here's an easy one that might actually be the hardest one. Favorite album? Yep. 10. Mm. Still sticking with the old still, it's, it's Which it's Okay, still, how about this? Which song, live and then studio? What do you mean? So, like, What's your what, favorite song? In, like, what's the favorite studio song? And what's the favorite song in a live context? Probably not well, the same. 
here's the thing. What I, what I will say is that um, a song like Given to Fly, I absolutely love the studio production on. I think it's next to like Better Man and Nothing Man. Those three knock it out of the park with the production. Brennan O'Brien just knew exactly what he was doing with those. And, you know, the live version is fine, but you can't recreate that magic yeah, as that, much that as morph. you can. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When you like that kind of like almost like awakening sort of uh, strum that he has going in there and you have that little effect going on, you cannot recreate that, you know? Well, two things with those, with some of those songs. And one, I know that uh, Paul agree with me for yield or for, I should say, given the fly, it's almost the same kind of struggle with present tense. That song, the way that the riff is played by Mike on the records it's it's cleaner. It's got an effect to it, like a tremolo effect on given the, on given the fly that is that he does not apply in the live context. He kind of keeps it slightly dirty and then just dials up the volume level on his guitar and right. kind of stays in that world. It's not different enough. It's not, it's 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 um it's it's different to what the studio is and not necessarily better per se. It's just simpler, easier for him to play live. Sure, yeah. For nothing man, and Paul will bang this drum all day. When have <laughs> you heard a version where Stone plays a clean electric guitar? One with the tremolo bar. Um, it's it's always an acoustic. I, I, well, I, I feel like I remembered it happened. Get that know, something Paul, that please. I watch. Here's the thing. I don't remember. I, I watched so much shit that I don't remember, but I feel like there was a moment where I'm like, oh, electric nothing, man. Okay. I, mean, I, I I'm taking notice. There, there's a show on the Vitology tour. Um, Forget where Which it they was. didn't play nothing man at all on the Vitality tour. By the well, way. it was what well, it was Ann Arbor. They played it, and it was like kind of that's, crunchy. That's, I think it was just yeah, dirty. 94. It was dirty, yeah. distorted, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. and every other yeah time. That, that might be the one I'm thinking of, but yeah. like that's the debut. So and every other time, it's like kind of no either, idea what they were doing. It's either an acoustic or a resonator guitar, and you're like, that's nice. But the beauty of that song is that really clean, and that with the with the with the the bar and like the yeah. that, that this that seasickness kind of feel, and they never do it. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, it's great, but it's kind of you know, it's more campfire when you hear it live now. David, what do you what do you got? What do you think? Studio well, versus live? I, I got I got the other one. I got to do the oh, sorry, flip side of it though. Um, something when I think about the, like the live song, I think about taking the power of the studio version and like and ramping it up it. and yeah. tripling it, quadrupling it, and there's no better one than River Mirror. That's the one. Hard to argue. You f- like studio, that's powerful. That shit's powerful all in itself. And then when you hear it live, going through all the different sequences in the bridge, and uh, you know when Jeff kind of plucks that back in, you're ready for the ride. And and yeah, it just brings you. It bring, brings it to good places. It gets you sweating. There's nothing better than it. All right, so you're going for the the harder stuff, and I'm going to go for the ones the, the songs that give me the feels and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so studio, I, I don't think you can get any better than my namesake footsteps. Okay, well, not even <laughs> no, that really wasn't a studio that recording a though. Station. That's the problem. I, yeah, I know. But <laughs> so does it knock out? That's technically <sighs> live. Technically, I mean, except when they added the harmonica. It's like actually when they added the harmonica in Lost Dogs, it's it's like the studio. (laughs) (laughs) You guys all knew it. I didn't have to say anything. All right. Come on, David. And then, um, and then live, uh, present tense. Oh, I agree. That's definitely better live than studio. When we just got that at, at, um, 
in New Jersey mm-hmm. on Asbury Park. My I mean, oh my God, that was that was incredible. And, and that was early wanna... too, like real early in the set. They played a couple gigatons, they played corduroy, and then it's like, oh yeah, by the way, Josh Klinghoffer's back there, which nobody noticed. They're like, now, uh, you know, it's it makes much more sense to play in the present tense. And boom, I think like all four of us that were there together were just like. Like I knew that it should have been played that night, but mm-hmm. I didn't know where they were gonna go with anything that night, and that was nice. definitely the number one moment. Paul, what's the one that we always kind of mention uh, on the show when we're talking about present sense? There's a, there's one there's one version that always kind of comes to mind. Do you remember what, what I'm talking uh, about? I mean, they had a great. I mean, when they kind of intro that that, I think they did a great version. Was it on Letterman? I think there it yeah. is. That's uh so incredible. It was it was the Letterman. It was like the fan club Letterman show, like the post yeah. show concert thing. Y- yeah, and live I think streamed. that was live streamed right on really Ted Club. Or, <laughs> right, and um, that's the one. I think uh, we did a we did an evolution episode on on mm. present tense, and that was the one that was the legit turning point where everybody because it was what like 300 400 people less maybe probably in that crowd and everybody was it just gave them the mic and was just like okay you do it because you got it and then if you listen to that song on the whole entire 2006 tour it's it's back like the chicago show from that year it's Mm -hmm. like it's apparent that everybody's singing along to this it's it's really well done solid solid it's uh, wild to think about the uh the songs that maybe don't, don't have a moment for a while and then find their sea legs and have a, have a new life like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What else we got here? Uh, what, one thing I'd like to ahead. know, just cause we talked a little bit about the various aspects of this site. And I called it a rabbit hole for good, for good reason. <laughs> You've both know it intimately. Well, is there anything that really surprised you about the band's career as you really started putting this together? So you're unearthing oh. these stats and you're, you're becoming aware yeah. of things before the rest of the Pearl Jam community is. So yeah. when, when did you come across something where you're just like, Oh man, I had no idea that this song has only been played this amount of times or, or how, cause we, we do that all the time. We'll be doing our live cut of the week and I'll be like, Oh yeah. So-and-so has been played 94 times. He goes, what? There are a L- lot of songs like that that don't make any sense. There are, yeah. yeah. And you know, I can't, is there something I can't, that stands out where one of you looked at the other and was like, you, you're not going to believe this, but. I mean, yeah, there's always something. There's always something. I mean, nothing like, stands out, though. No, not, not well, in my I, head. I mean, there's, there's stuff that like, like, oh, wow, though, that was cool. But then I'd probably forget about it because there's so many other things. Just pop yeah. up. It's just like <laughs> things just going, like you said, down the rabbit hole. Like things just keep on happening and happening and happening. And like, oh, wow, that, that's cool. That's cool. It's, cool. it's like. I did this because I was curious to, mm-hmm. to make the site. And then I was like, you know, I can't keep this to myself. Cause I know people out there, they make, you know, spreadsheets and they go, okay, you know, I, I got all this information, but they don't share it. And it's for themselves. Sure. But when I did it, I was like, you know, I want to put it out there because I want people to, to figure this stuff out too. Yeah. I was curious. So why not put it all out there? Is there a song that was played more or less than you thought that comes to uh, mind? Like it for me, I mean, just, like just, the, just, uh, 
going through this breath, for example, I mean, it was um, absent for so long. And yeah, I feel like when, it, when I saw it uh, approaching a yeah. hundred, I was like, Oh, I guess it's been played a little bit more. Same than, with like release. Though. You think release opens almost every damn show, but it's like a hundred and like, fifty yeah. times. Something like that. It's nothing something like that. Yeah. It's, it's right in the middle. There are a lot that are like that. Nothing man is like one seventy something. I mean, down has been played less than a hundred, but it's been played more times than breath. I never would have thought that. <laughs> they, I mean, if, 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 if this is Pearl Jam trivia, life. that would have got me right there. You mm. know? That's a great yeah, show, no. actually. A song that's been around for half the time and has more plays. It was, it was a yeah. B side. <laughs> yeah. But it was also during the ride act where you got to go back to that. That was always one that Ed had said before that we made a mistake and left us off the album and well, outside, they, like they didn't do other side. They didn't do undone yeah. that were both B sides from that. Mm-hmm. They did down more than they did get right and help help. And a couple yeah. other, those like they, they played it a lot, you know, three, especially. I mean, you get released, you know, 175 times and then the least off of 10 is oceans. Oceans. Yeah. I mean, come on. I would have thought it was deep. a surfer. I mean, it, but oceans is that. under a hundred and that's what, that's the weird thing. That's that's under a hundred for 100. all of yeah. those. And, and that has a big asterisk on it because we don't know what 50 to 70% percent, percent uh, uh, 70 set lists uh, in 1991 through 1992. I think they're lost to, to time and we're yeah, all right. trying to There's collect all of them. Trust us. But yeah, like oceans probably was played at five of those shows. You'd think you hopefully. I'm not, I, I, I just like, want to, I just want to, there's one thing, um, you know, in, within this whole conversation, the, the, the things that always catch my eye are end up usually being like tags and covers mm. like the, you know, a couple of the, uh, there's an Australian show in 1995 on that run in March and off a dot daughter, one of those shows, I can't remember which one it is. But it does a couple of lines of of uh, Foxy Mop Handle Mama, and mm-hmm. he just does the all I ever Sydney. want so much, and he does it twice. Was it Sydney? I was going to say Melbourne, but Sydney. Okay, we, we only know that because yeah, it was like, our live cut of the week for the one time we did Foxy Mop as lyric <laughs> of the week, so we had to do it. <laughs> but it's it like that's the only even hint of that yeah. song being out there, but you know, it doesn't ever make or break a show, but it's, it's shit that especially on our podcast, I want to talk about so much because it, it is such a different talking point. I think the other thing that really kind of um, opened up my eyes a little bit was, uh, have you ever listened to Albuquerque 2000? I'm sure yeah. I have. Yeah. Yeah. So they go. I, off I got they, into those those uh, binaural boots because they I could find them in mm-hmm. Amoeba for like seven ninety nine and a little right. little brown cardboard. I just started piling up on them. That that tour, I know, I know. Uh, sonically, it does not sound great because it you know was the first one. It wasn't mixed maybe the best way, and the tone of the guitars was kind of dog shit. Let's be real, really <laughs> kind of neutered uh, distortion. But the but the shows and the vibes were so damn good on that tour. I love the, the 2000 tour so much. Anyways, carry hey, on. There's a great story. If you go, if you want to go through and listen to that whole entire tour, the 77 shows, however many, like listen to all that. And it's telling you a story from front to back. It's, it's pretty really? remarkable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because you know, when things happen, you know, when things happen, things are pretty good. And then you kind of cut to, 
what uh the virginia beach show oh yeah and you have to hear it all when it builds back up and it really kind of the confidence comes back you know that's it's building up point, to that right? jones beach moment yeah that's it's great. building up to that jones beach moment that's okay and i think at that point they're able to kind of put it behind them and and just trying to trudge forward and then they use all that momentum all that energy into the seattle night too which is of course the the culmination of the whole thing and it's just from front to back just a it's like reading a book almost that's an amazing shout like the i remember so uh, ed was on howard stern i want to say well almost a year ago right and he did like yeah early pandemic half yeah. And so um, he spoke about, yeah, that that whole the Ross killed thing and Virginia Beach and writing I am mine the night before and it's pissing rain outside in the hotel and the <laughs> whole thing. And so we did a show about that episode with, with on Howard. And so maybe a couple of days later, I, I just threw on Virginia Beach because I don't think I had listened to it in forever, if if ever. And I was like, man, there is a different energy. And then my mind started racing to all the touch points from like the touring band DVD. And like, you're right. Yeah. Wanta, Jones Beach obviously going all the way through um, to uh, to Seattle. That is an incredible period of time coming off of the early part of the summer. Yeah, it absolutely is. And and musically, some of those October shows and the one on uh, Albuquerque that I bring up here for a reason, that Albuquerque show, like it might last an hour and a half it, and be 27, 28 songs long like that. It's it worked fast. <laughs> a lot of these shows are super freaking tight and super fast. That show, like maybe one of the most. And what intrigued me about that, just looking at the set list is that they did a little jam of uh, Ziggy Stardust in there. And mm. just seeing that is enough for me to say, okay, I want this show or even, you know, the other thing was um, black was closed in the main set, which happened a little bit in 2000, but not, not a lot. And that's another thing for me to say like, okay, yeah, I want to see how this works. How the, how did this happen? Like all those things kind of like um, your one time, one time only uh, openers. We just got nothing as it seems. It wasn't the first time nothing as it seems open, but it's close enough. Where say, be you can be like, rare, okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think uh, it was something in Europe uh, in 2000, if I'm not mistaken. We brought it up at some David point last week. Anybody. <laughs> at least he can find it. <laughs> I'm looking for He's it. Like, I'm no, looking for it. I'm not a machine. <laughs> well, let's skip ahead to 2022. Sure. Yeah. Let's go. Let's, let's get in the now. Okay. So we had the brief recap, right? We have finally they're back. They hit San Diego, a couple of LA. They're in Phoenix. They go over to what's next? They go to uh, they go to Oakland. Is that next, right? Yeah, and both that's Oakland's when, are next, and then Fresno. Oh, uh, the Fresno it, it goes to hell, the, the right? Little, so, Dave, little Dave Cruson. Matt's mm-hmm. out. Rich and Josh help out. Those I think Oakland night one was far superior to night two. I think night two was a little sloppy. Really, I do. I think the drums on night two from both of them are pretty sloppy. Well, um, I mean, there was a lot more experimental stuff th- happening. There was. I'm, I'm not going to fault them for trying. You know, it just yeah. chronically, as like I preferred the performance from that one. And then you have, you know, Fresno, which is just if you're there, that is an all timer to have Dave play sure. every but one song of ten, and then two. He didn't play release or oceans. That's true. I didn't play, play, play release. That's right. I was thinking oceans in my head. Um, okay, we get the break. They go to Longruff. They play. All, all the festivals, all the, all the stops, and then Paris, Lollapalooza, the wildfires, the heat. My God, the heat. And <laughs> I mean, it's like in Celsius, it's like 34 degrees. It's like insane hot. Like it shouldn't be that hot in this part, in that part of the world. 
and we get his voice and when they cancel three shows vienna prague amsterdam one and then somehow we get amsterdam two again another weird one can you how do you sum up 2022 so far give me give me like a like a phrase or a sentence david and randy please because I, I don't know how to make sense of this it's a train that somehow got off the rails and is still going and nobody knows how to stop it like <laughs> even when it is stopped like there's it's still teetering it's still it's still moving and you're like what? no no this shouldn't happen this this isn't possible are we on the train then are we like trying all of us oh, of course yeah we're on the train Okay. Yeah, we're we're all. And, uh, I don't know if I can beat that. David's like, "What the fuck is this analogy, Brand? <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck this analogy is. I just came up with it right now. Yes, and and you receive. So, David, David, g- give me give me your like your like phrase or your your statement for your bumper sticker for this tour. Oh shit! We're finally back after two fucking years. You can put all that on a bumper sticker. It's a, it's yeah, a bumper. you'd be surprised if you could fit on a bumper sticker. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wagon. You know how many accidents I've nearly been in, like creeping up trying to read yeah. some of these. Things? Are you actually punching in the number to tell people how they're driving us? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ones. You're doing if, while you're if you driving. could read, you're too close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're too close. One eight hundred eat shit. Is that <laughs> is that the number? <laughs> let's uh, let's bu- let let's book in yeah. the, book end this with uh, another lightning round. What do you think, Jason? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so uh, I'm going to pass this off to, to you first, Randy, and then you, you follow up here. Favorite set list of the North American Lake so far? North American. So we're dealing with uh, seven shows here. Um, set list, like, I really liked Oakland, too. I, okay. I, I, I know you weren't a big fan, Jason, but I well, just... Well, set list. I didn't say performance. Set list. Okay. Okay. Well, I thought, yeah, the set list was, was great and it had so many surprises. And I think that, and I want to say that number two would probably be San Diego because that show told such a great story all the way through and Ed saying like, okay, this is a little bit, you know, uh, dedicated to this time in San San Diego that Mm -hmm. I spent leading to writing a lot of these songs with oceans being the opener and then finishing with the mama song reverse. Ooh, that hits you real good. But uh, that Oakland show was the one where they're like, all right, let's go nuts. Let's get Brandon J in. Let's get dissident in. Let's get WMA. in." I think those all happened in the stretch back to back to back. And I, you know, they just, it was great. And, and that was also the only one that had rear view mirror from that part of the tour too. So that was, you know, just the, uh, and we've had such a, a history with, with river mirror this year already I having, know. <laughs> you know, the, everybody knows what the milk curtain thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What history exactly. But that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, I think it's just now that it's not a song that they're going to play very often anymore. It becomes this euphoric moment when they do. Yeah. So all right, I'm going to go with some hard numbers here, and I'm going to plug the site a little bit and a little uh, feature <laughs> that I have in Please here. Please do. So you can go on the site, and you can click on albums after you've logged in, and you can pick all your favorite songs, give them you know, five stars, four stars, three, two, you know, the shitty ones. You can even say, you know, give it a negative, like, oh, I wow. hate that song. So you can go negative, you know, I never want to hear that again kind of thing. So I've gone through and I've picked all my favorite songs and then I can go, you can go through the set list and you get your, my set list rating. So hard numbers, North American tour is 
May 13th, Oakland, which Randy, you just said the same thing. That would be my best set list from that tour. You know, I got I got I give it a 4.7 out of I, I like uh, it. Qualitative. Or no, qu- cool. quantitative. I always oh, miss yeah. it. If, if, if you look at the songs there, you go, okay, I like all these songs. You know, the, it has the most amount of songs that I would like. I'm going to leave there happy. Okay. Nice. All right. How about Europe then? We just finished Europe. What is, let's go, let's, let's snake it. David, what is your favorite European set list? I know right, mine. So I'm, again, I'm going to do the same thing. Okay. So that's going to be Zurich. That has yeah. more songs that I love than any other one this tour. Wow. And that actually got a 4.9 out of five. Whoa. By the way, that oh, version of Black is, is unreal. Can I just say? Yeah, J- Jason, you, he sent me that text earlier today. He's like, dude, you got to hear so this good. version of Black. Randy, what do you think? I just, I, I know that that set list was really good. By the way, Dave, on the Zurich uh, set list here, you don't have the glorified G tag off of Daughter because it, it was all three. Clutch the pearls. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tag. I know you mentioned it. I was waiting for the bootleg to make sure it was in there, but uh, it should it be. There. Yeah, it should I'll be. I'll add it in there. Wow. I see. This is I, what I, happens. I, I, this is I like a, these things when I'm in the middle of my work day. A beautiful marriage is the bickering that one happen. <laughs> what, what? Here's my my favorite one, which is really not my favorite one. The most disappointing thing about figuring out something to help fix live footsteps was. Um, I think it was Rotterdam 1992 mm-hmm. and we covered a lot of those Holland shows a couple months ago when they had their anniversaries. And one of the things that really like, I looked at Rotterdam and I'm just like, Whoa, they did straight to hell by the clash. Like fucking love this. That's awesome. I want to hear it. And five horizons had it. And there was really no other info outside of, you just have to listen to the show and that's it. So I went into that saying like, I've never heard this before. Really excited to hear it. What it was, was Ed saying straight to hell, boy, no straight to hell, boy. And then going into the next song. And I'm like that. That's not a tag. No, it's not a nothing. That's, I think that gets the dot in, in, in your set list thing, Dave. Yeah. Right. The little dot <laughs> saying, what is it? Oh, what is, is it just a, it, it's, it's not a it's tease. A tease. Right? It is oh, Jesus okay. kind of thing. It's not. It's not a tag, and it's in the middle of the song. If it if it's in the middle of a song, they call it a tag. If it's in between a song and it's only like eh, 10, 20 seconds. Well, yeah, on that note, tease. that's actually that's a perfect segue to to this next lightning round question. So, what oh, has boy. been <laughs> biggest surprise of this tour in general, good or bad? Biggest surprise of this tour, uh, it's got to be Gigaton stuff, just not being you know, promoted as much as it probably would have been in 2020. And we've kind of seen like the big three get played almost every night. Dance, clairvoyance, quick escape and super blood. Super blood yeah. And those, those have been pretty good, but like you need more. All right. And you need more. Whoever said you need retrograde. more, more, whoever retrograde. said, for sure. absolutely. Yeah. Love both of us love them. And, you know, I've, the whole running joke throughout Europe was that we, felt really, really bad for the stage hand that had to lug out the, the, oh, the pump, pump organ, organ every night. <laughs> Cause every time Aurelian is sending us the updates of like what's going on on stage before the show. And he's like, yeah, the pump organs out. We're like, it's always out though. shit. Yeah. It, it, right. It, it's always out. So it, it really doesn't mean shit at this point, but I, I think they played it like 
twice. I mean, they played it at Krakow, at the end too, right? What's that? I think the last couple of shows, right? And they played in Krakow, and then uh, was it London? Uh, I'm not sure. Actually. I think it was Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Oh, maybe it was Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Yeah, maybe yeah. it was. But like the Krakow one is just uh, you know what both versions are are fantastic because um ed gets off i think on frankfurt ed gets off the organ and comes up to the front and then you hear like stone and mike start playing with him which i don't think anybody would have expected off of river cross but that like that no. version sounded terrific I, 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 yeah that's the one i want to hear because i feel like that's something missing mm-hmm. on that track yeah i agree of course i make the same argument for uh comes and goes but not everybody agrees with me on that one i need mean, conversation I think we, uh, for later we, that's the one right that's the one i that's the one i haven't heard from the album here here's the here's the thing comes and goes it's funny about that one so the two times that they could have played it and gotten away with it sacramento because sacramento was on the anniversary of his death date mm-hmm. and vienna because vienna was his his birthday and uh, both of those were canceled uh-huh. So, it. I don't know what you guys believe. I don't know what people out there listening believe, <sighs> but I don't know that it ever gets played. I don't think so either at this point. It's like Ark, but like Ark had its moment for a reason and it had its right. times and that was done. I mean, there are some albums that it took hundreds of sh- 300 shows before they finished an album. So, it could be a long time yeah I mean, until like, somebody asks him in an interview yeah first of all he's he's never it, correct me if i'm wrong i don't think he's ever directly said this is about chris i i feel like it, if there have been no, you know allusions to his brother allusions yeah. to, i mean it's clear i think that it, that it is but until somebody says hey is this about chris you guys have never played it do you ever intend on playing it you know I, it, it's a little too soon to say he's that been more it, outspoken it about brother the cloud being about he, Chris, yes, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm really interested to see when this gets played. I have a feeling that it will get played at some point. I mean, you know, if they, there's no reason to, you know, a, a song like Ark, I think, had just as much reverence to some degree. I mean, the, the, these these young people got trampled, and you know, he still went out on his solo tour for uh, the Uke album and started playing that, or was it the? Uh, it was on the, no. the Friday Act tour. He played right. it. Uh, yeah, it, it was in shows. 2003. They did all nine versions in 2003. Yeah. Kind they, of played, they played the nine for the nine, and then he did do it a couple times, you know, in the solo tour. But Right. I, Obviously, I don't care. I don't know. Sure. I don't know how many times he's played on the solo tour. Maybe played nine solo tour. tour. I don't know. But, <laughs> but, but I, 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 I think we're right. right. I, I got I to mention something. So that, um, that machine that he used to loop everything in mm-hmm. ARC, I believe that Josh is using that shit same machine to loop all the tracks and dance the clairvoyance. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, Absolutely. Not, wouldn't be surprised. Because I, I was a little surprised to hear. I was like, wait a minute. Is that, that is Ed rotating everything. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And you can hear at some points, like Ed will just listen to it and he'll be like, mm-hmm. to find out where he is in the, in the rotation. Yeah. He, yeah. Or just be like, oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> David, uh, biggest surprise, good and bad. Um, actually, I'm going to go with Randy right there for Gigaton. I mean, this is the, the Gigaton is historically falling off a cliff. Mm-hmm. You know, no other album has ever like so quickly gone nosedive down. Like this is like they they come back after you know how many years with this new album. And they're like, oh, we can't wait to get out there and play it, and then eh, 
They started just, to at the beginning of the North American leg, and then uh, yeah. as soon as Mac got COVID, they were like, nope, we we had to play the songs that maybe a fill-in could, could do. And then it became... Quick Escape was of, the only one, I think. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's, yeah, 7 o'clock was on one of those set lists, but that was it. They took it off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the Europe tour, you know, those crack out on five, five gigaton songs. That's the most they've had during this latest leg. Probably my favorite and, show of the tour, by the way. Krakow is fantastic. I love yes. Krakow. Yeah. And then Amsterdam, the last show, won. Won. Yeah. Well, that's a little song. bit different. That's a little bit different. <laughs> like, all right, being in the, the early four or five. Yeah, that makes sense. But, like, Ed's not going to do Quick Escape and, and Dance Clairvoyance. That has a lot of oh, words. Not, gets really yeah. breathy and seven o'clock. Yeah, that is well, a shitload of words. Yeah. Whoever said that's a shitload. Never I mean, destination. He, he he wrote he wrote that set list because yeah. of his voice. Oh, one hundred percent, definitely. I mean, I, I was I was like, well, part of the fantasy league. I figured the you know, oh, you're you know they're gonna play eruption. Great, and they got crossed off. I'm like, yeah, oh. I, I, I thought it was a it was a lock that eruption. I thought it was, was a lock happen. too. Because everybody got to sing something, and you'd think, oh, well, Mike doesn't sing, but he sings with his guitar. Where's Don't Give Me No Lip? And then we got Mankind, but let's skip both. Man- they did songs. that in Fresno. Yeah, but like, come on. Let's do it again. I, I got a follow up here. Um, yeah. That I, I'm, I'm going to, when we wrap, this is something I, I'm going to propose. I think it'll be a, a fun little side project. But uh, I think, uh, Jason, we, we got one more here. I think Lightning Round. They, they, by the way, these are the slowest bolts of lightning <laughs> of all time. <laughs> Loving this. <laughs> it's, you have plenty of time to move out of the way. Plenty, yeah. plenty. It so, didn't come uh, on like a storm. No. Exactly. Love it. Favorite thing that they're doing or least favorite thing that they're doing, whichever pops in your head first. Thing, you know, thing. It's just like a thing. I'll, I'll give you an example. The least favorite thing that they're doing for me over the last handful of years is the jam inside of Corduroy. I fucking hate it. Now you, you get to go. Okay. Um, porch every night. Good, good shout. Love porch, but every night is right in the same exact spot. It's just, yeah, it's exhausting. Great, and great when shout. they did it, number two at Krakow, you're like, okay, well, at least it's gone from the, the end of the set, but like they're so obsessed with it that it needed to be in the show. It was outside of Alive. It was the only other song that got played at both London shows. Like it's, you can take a, a one or two show break from that one. You know, yeah. it's not the same thing as it once was. Yeah. And the, especially it's not lightning bolts. So they're not riding on the, the orbs or anything like that. It just, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with porch at all. There's absolutely nothing wrong with porch, but they're, can be a little bit of the redundancy mm-hmm. and Pearl Jam is not about that. So it doesn't really qu- quite click why it's so frequent. Yeah. Dave. And I'd say river cross. I want more river cross. I don't know why they just haven't. Ooh, interesting sure. shout. They haven't done it. Like, yeah. And, and also what about boom? Where, where's, where's Dude, boom? Boom has been, boom has been, yeah, almost not there at all. It's, it's wild. It's really disappointing. They bring in Josh and he's been completely, they barely reference him. If, if, if they don't play crazy Mary, you don't even know he's there. Yeah. No. He's, he has some parts in the, the corduroy, <laughs> a couple other songs, but yeah, it's well, you he know got, what? He got the love boat captain that one night. That, that, that was 
super weird but in rare but awesome um well copenhagen i gotta play it in copenhagen yeah all right all right so we could talk about this stuff for hours i, I do want to mention we're looking ahead we gotta look ahead um quebec city is about four weeks away okay as this episode comes out and uh, september 1st and then oh god was it ottawa and london ontario maybe uh yeah it's know. ottawa hamilton toronto yeah there you go and then and they'll finish in in Denver. Um, you said at the, the outside of the show that you are going, you being Randy, that you will be at seven, hopefully seven shows on these on the on the second run there. Correct. Yeah. Now you messaged uh, in the Discord today, and you messaged in the podcast community channel that you will be attending the MSG show, which just so happens to be on the twenty fourth anniversary of the breath campaign show Correct. fuck it yes. we're gonna play it so what do you want to do for this anniversary my friend recreate history i, I am raising funds right now as a to, breath super fan i'm all about this oh absolutely like as just a pearl jam super history super nerd and obviously breath is is one of their best that has been forgotten about as we mentioned like five times already mm-hmm. um i i just want to see their faces light up when they see everybody in the crowd go back to 1998 and throw up all their signs like it's not it's not begging for them to do it. I have a feeling they know what's up. They're going to do it. Like there's no reason for them not to address it. But I think that if they see that, I think a lot of warm memories will come back for them. And that's kind of what I want out of this. So essentially what's going on is I'm uh, uh, raising some funds for this and what's going to happen is we're going to do a little bit of a raffle and I got some prizes to give away for that. And uh, each entry costs $5. You can enter multiples, however many you want. And at the end, like after the tour, we'll do the, uh, the, the drawing or even after the MSG show, we'll do the drawing. But all of the funds will go directly into printing out all of these signs and then I'll go and I'll grab them. I'll hand them out when I get to Apollo, not in the door at Apollo yet, but trust me, I'm going to use the, don't you know, my podcast line. <laughs> I'm going to see how that works. And very quickly, they might shove me right don't out. You know me? I'm a bearded general. That is Randy. <laughs> you know, people, honestly, I, I would not be surprised if some of the serious people did know me. I, I do. I did the wish list and people, I didn't even bring up the podcast in the wish list, but people were like, Hey, mention the podcast. I'm like, Oh, all right, cool. Hey, we saw like five or six people in your t-shirts at, at Ohana last year. So, well, I told them to, yeah, but, they, <laughs> but, but still they did it. I know. They, they no, like you I, enough I, to say fuck off. <laughs> Love it. Let me get back to the history. Cause I think you asked Dave before how live footsteps all kind of got together. Yes. Um, yeah. Little known fact about live on four legs is it started from a fantasy league. I got fired from my job in 2017. And after that, I think my mind was like, okay, I'm going to spend some time whenever Pearl Jam goes out on tour. I'm going to spend more time seeing them as much as I can, whatever I have money for. And I only got to two shows in 2018, but it was, it was enough for me to just be happy with the whole situation. And you know, when, when the, before the tour started, I think at the time at my job, like a couple of years earlier, I think I was seeing all the, 
the 2016 stuff come up and the full albums and all that. I'm just like, whoa, they're doing so much shit every single night. They're playing like 30, 35 songs. Like, what if you had a fantasy team hmm. and you're like, whoa, I, I got mankind on this night. Like, how rare is that? Like, you can get me like three points or yeah, something. Saying, do you get the multipliers for like the rarity? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That it's all in there. So I, I started a league. I did two, two leagues that year of 10 people. And what just fascinated me so much. And like at that time, before that time, I wasn't like as connected to the community. I, I liked it and I kind of, you know, would go off and I meet people at shows and I'd enjoy my time and all that, but I just didn't have time to really dive in and, and, be a part of it. So this was my first time like hearing other people say, Oh, I like this song, this point in the set list. I'm like, I think about that stuff too. I am also a giant nerd. Let's <laughs> yeah. talk. Let's hang out. Yes. So, so all, that's all where it all came way, from. All the wives out there right now are like, or, or husbands are like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Yeah. Don't just let it happen. That's what I say. Just let it happen. But my wife got accustomed to it. She had to, she had no choice. My wife went to her first show with me. I dragged her to Seattle. We went to the, the home shows. And the now she's been shows? To, she's been, been to six shows now in the last oh, two damn. years, three years. That's pretty good. Because Especially I haven't had a lot of shows since the home show. So, Well, there, we, had, we, luck, we were lucky in that Ohana was in the backyard. Oh, so I, I dragged yeah, her yeah, down yeah, to Dana Point. Um, sure. Guys, you have been an absolute pleasure. And yes. we could do about another Can't five hours. Uh, but well, I'll get yelled at. And that's not good. So... Um, I want to say uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Randy, for doing your show because it's a breath of fresh air. Thank you to Dave for making that site because it, it helps us be better on our show. <laughs> I can oh, like, you're welcome. You know, uh, Mankind hasn't been played in 34 shows and I'll sound super smart, but I don't, really just, I'm just reading your website. So thank you for making me sound Where do you smart. think I get it from? <laughs> With that, um, we're gonna say goodbye. We'll, 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 you know, we should check in after the uh, after Denver. What do you think? Yeah, of course. Yeah, the little Dave, addendum. Dave, you're a little hesitant on that. What are you thinking? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm down with that. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't say it. you were just well, looking out in the distance. I'm like, oh, I'm down, Dave. I'm Dave. Dave. Well, I'm thinking like, isn't isn't Bourbon after that? No, Bourbon is in between Nashville it's and in the middle. It's in the check middle. your site. You haven't added it to your site. I don't have it on there yet because that's one of the things I I haven't added on there yet. Hey, make sure sure that Vienna, Prague, and the Amsterdam one that they didn't play are all not counting towards set list stats. Like if a song has been played, those are gone. Good. They're not there. There's no numbers. Just because it it was there for Sacramento and Vegas. That's why this is marital therapy. That's why I'm helping out. On fatal level trust, you're keeping me honest. You're keeping me honest, Randy. That's right. I try. You know, I check check my mask. Sleep this shit. You know, Dave and Randy, we thank you for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Again, thank you to Randy and Dave for for joining us for talking about the the tour thus far. It, uh, it was a, just a pleasure to have them both on, and it's been a long time coming. So it has. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You'll be back for sure, 
And again, Dave, Jan, Jan, well, I say Yantosh. He says Jantash. <laughs> American like that. Um, livefootsteps.org for all of your Pearl Jam stat needs. And Randy Sobel over at Live and Four Legs Podcast, which I'm sure you already know. So uh, with that, then let's get to our Lyric of the Week. <laughs> lyric of the Week this week, we're going to go back. To verses, one of the last tracks available from the from that record, it is indifference. I will hold the candle till it burns up my arm. Oh, I'll keep taking punches until their will grows tired. Oh, I won't stare the sun down. Till my eyes go blind hey, I won't change direction And I won't change my mind I... Okay, Paul, the funny thing about this set of lyrics here is I asked you what your angle was going to be on this because I had what I thought was going to be, maybe it still is, an alternative view. And you hit me with something pretty interesting. Tell the tell the fine listeners where the hell you're going with this. Oh man, who would have thought I would somehow connect this song to Toad the Wet Sprocket? But that's what I'm going to do. Okay, carry on. <laughs> so, you know, <clears throat> I always love this song. It's one of my favorites off verses when I first heard this record back in the early '90s, and and I have to say, one of the things that stood out about this track was this this beautiful um, kind of like. I don't want to say wispy or ethereal because it's not so much that, but there, there's an there's a level of isolation and abandonment that's so mm. so present in the music itself, and uh, you can just it just feels like you're in a dark room alone, lit by a single candle, and, and it, it's just sparse and minimalist, and and the, you know it's an unmade bed, and and it just feels lonely, you know, it feels, but, but it's not when you, when you listen to the lyrics, there's two people in the room. And I think that's, what's always stood out to me was that the level of loneliness that comes with, with being with somebody and uh, just knowing how disconnected things can get and how, uh, even though you're together, you're still both very much alone. Uh, but <clears throat> there's also a, a level of pining too, you know what I mean? And just wondering how much of a difference it would actually make. And I don't know how often any of our listeners have ever felt that way, where you, you've wanted someone or something so badly, but there's a part of you that recognizes that you're not sure how much difference it's actually going to make, but yet the lengths that you would be willing to go to, you know what I mean? To, to have that need satiated or that desire um, quenched. I don't know. Um, so there's this great Glenn Phillips song. Glenn Phillips uh, was the uh, lead singer of, Toad the, red, uh, Toad the Wet Sprocket. Uh, actually, really, really talented singer-songwriter. And uh, he's one of those guys like Neil Finn from Crowded House where uh, the, the more you get to, like, the more you dive into who he is as a singer and a, as a songwriter, you start to really appreciate the craft behind what he does, whether you were into uh, uh, the main band or not, right? I mean, mm -hmm. Neil Finn has had just a tremendous influence on everyone from Ed O'Brien to Eddie Vedder, you know? And... Uh, I think in a lot of ways, uh, on a much smaller scale, obviously, uh, Glenn Phillips uh, continues to inspire as well. So he's got this song called Easier. 
I'm just going to read you a set of lyrics here. <clears throat> I was 18 and so were you. I was that Birkenstock geek rock dude. You were the backflip, doe-eyed, tree-climbing, earth mama, beautiful, evergreen girl. And I never thought that I could be getting my gray, heart, gray hair pardon me, with you beside me. And there's something I'm blind to, but you still see. I couldn't be better, I know. It shouldn't be easier to hold. I should stop waiting for the other boot to fall. Um, I'm going to go a little bit further here because I think there's, there's some, some great lines that connect a little bit, uh, a little bit better. Uh, <clears throat> if you thought I could be replaced, I wouldn't just stop with an ear. I would cut off my whole fucking face just to make my point clear. That it couldn't be better, I know. I, it shouldn't be easier to hold. I should stop waiting for the other boot to fall. I'm waiting for the other boot to fall. So in this particular instance, the subject is just, ha he's having too hard of a time letting go of those walls. Yet in Eddie's lyrics, it's almost like there it is reckless abandonment in terms of, of his desire to just be open and pour himself into this relationship, but feeling like it's kind of love unrequited. And and I've always been fascinated by the dichotomy of these two tracks because it it, it sums up relationships perfectly, where your position ultimately has walls around it, whether you realize it or not. In, in the in the case of of indifference. Those walls are, are somewhat self-imposed, but not in the same way as, the, as, the, as easier, right? I think in this case, the, when, I, when I say those walls are self-imposed, I'm intimating that you have a subject who ultimately is trying to pour himself into something, believing that it's not going to make a difference because the response is indifference. Mm -hmm. And so, you, you start self, it's like this, this torturous process of just, pining and, and knowing that it's fruitless um, as opposed to finding a way to move on or, or finding a way to be at peace with it. On the flip side, you know, in easier, you have a subject who, who has the opportunity to pour himself into what seems like a very, very productive and, and beautiful and wonderful and, and fruitful relationship that's gone on for years. And yet he's still waiting for the other boot to fall. And that prevents him from, from truly taking uh, that unencumbered step forward and just, just being naked as it were to, for lack of a better, better term, emotionally naked at least. Um, but it, it was the extremes, you know what I mean? Cutting off an ear, cutting off your entire face, um, taking punches until people's will grows tired. You know what I mean? There, there's just, uh, so much fascinating, desperate, extreme imagery and, and, and I think that when we're younger, we, uh, we have a tendency to see love in that way. Oh, 100%. As, you know what I mean? Yeah. We have a tendency to see love as this, this state of emotion that exists within the, um, the dimension or the paradigm of extremes. And I think as we grow older, we start to realize that, that love really, it's different than passion. There, there's, there, there's something deeper about love that ground, it's actually a grounding presence mm. as opposed to one that catapults you into the ether with reckless abandon to use that that phrase again um i don't think we you know i i i think it's a little different so i don't know how well somebody like eddie or even glenn phillips will connect to these types of lyrics when they sing these songs today mm. you know what i mean i feel like there, there was something about the way eddie sang this song or even when ben harper would join him for this track live 
that's a little bit different today. I think there's a certain level of wisdom and a certain level of understanding. And I think that um, to some degree, there's there's almost like a nostalgic charm or or kind of like a uh, a knowing glance to the Eddie who wrote these lyrics that comes from the Eddie of today. Uh, I don't know the, the the performance. It's less. It's not as impassioned, but there there seems to be in these these newer live cuts of it. Whenever we have the the treat of hearing it, there seems to be kind of like a very kind of Led Zeppelin bluesy, just kind of you know playing up there, surrounded by smoke and 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 lights, and mm. you know what I mean. Whereas I feel like back then it was something where Eddie could have just done in a dingy club at a back you know the at the back of the stage and just kind of well. lost himself in it. It's an evolution of a song, just like, you know, many other songs are. Sure. Um, I mean, you think about songs that were written when they were 25, 26, 27, like in Alive, for example, and how he felt about that situation at that time and how that's changed. Um, the, the, I mean, the crowd and the legacy of the band has altered what that song means now. It's very possible that when they perform Indifference now, it's taken on a different meaning and that's the beauty of so many of these songs is they have the ability to be um evolved if if they don't evolve on their own they have the ability to be evolved i don't know there's i'm sure there's a better term for it than being of than evolving as a as a verb um and maybe it's this maybe it's i, I decided to go with a with an alternative view and Good. uh not that i think that it's a that it is this but for some so, reason, so you're not you're not going down the road of futility. I take it. No, 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 no. I, you know, maybe it's the time and the place. Uh, but there's a lot happening in the world, and and this kind of hit me as we as we choose this lyric. So I'm going this route. What you what you spoke about is is almost assuredly exactly what Eddie was going for at the time. I think uh, many people find comfort in this song. I think there's a confidence built up throughout um, throughout it against a really bad situation. Um, one will always question whether their fight is worth a damn. Uh, I've always loved this song for that message, but this is the alternative take to this verse, at least. Being strong-willed in the face of adversity is one thing. Being stubborn and ignorant is another, and these lyrics can speak directly to that doing things that harm you in physical mental financial ways but ignoring that or simply being too ignorant or unable to understand why the path chosen is unwise thinking that one can withstand all the quote-unquote other side's punches until they're over it well some fights are never going to be over yeah It's, it's a bit presumptuous and ignorant there's that word again to think that those trying to take you down will ever stop like are you in the wrong or are they in the wrong well judging by the next line it's you who are wrong i can't help but think of and and pardon me for bringing this up trump in reference to the stare the sundown line because he literally did that thing but any of these political clowns who figuratively stare the sundown basically challenging, goading a bad ending to come as if it never will until it does. And after all that refusing to change, there, there are so many damn people who they've been slapped in the face by reality, by facts, by people on their own team, by even 
personal experiences and refuse to change their stance on policy or opinions that affect the lives of millions of people. How do how do we let these kinds of people into positions of power in the first place? Like, do we deserve this? Where they they were voted in after all? I mean, it, it, it's kind of a chicken or the egg situation, isn't it? Like, or do should we get mad at them, or should we get mad at the people that voted them in? Like, I don't know. Yeah. So, again, not to go all political on it, but I felt like this particular stanza, at least, had the obvious story behind it and the obvious meaning. But because it's so good, I wanted to look at it from this angle. And it's the unfortunate reality of there's a stubbornness when you're fighting for something good, but there's a stubbornness when you're fighting for something bad. And this is that side of that coin. I appreciate that. I like it. All right, let's do our live cut of the week then. Ready to stand up! I'm very excited for this one. I already know where we're going, but you tell the fine listeners where we're going. Atlanta 94. It's, uh, I think, just the quintessential live cut of this song. Uh, from the versus tour iconic set iconic show that's where we are that's where we need to be all right april 3rd 1994 atlanta georgia
You know, for someone as bombastic as Dave Eppersees, he really nails the subtlety here. It's just, for it's, it's almost nothing from him. It's just the jingles of a tambourine. By the way, those are literally called jingles. The little bell things. Yeah. It's, there's like a head, and there's something else that I forget already. And then there's the jingles. They're literally called the jingles. <laughs> the jingles of the tambourine, and some faint like little build-up flourishes on the cymbal. That's all he does the entire song. It's super simple. Uh, the way that Ed sings this, it's it's almost sarcastic or cocky is really something. I, I, I don't know. It's just a different way that he's singing it for me, and it works super, super well. Musically, it's almost an acapella, the way that mm-hmm. Jeff kind of drones on, and Mike and Stone are so minimalistic. Ed's voice absolutely soars in that final verse. It really captures that sense of abandonment alienation and loneliness it's, into this performance it's perfect it's, it's, and it is beautiful. the key here though and i think you'll probably agree is the natural reverb and atmosphere that the fox theater allows for mm. there's just something the way his voice sounds in that auditorium yeah and then it, the the crowd just there at the end completely drowns out what would have been an outro it just kind of just dissipates because they overtake it with their applause they consume the band it's just brilliant it's um you know sometimes there are super 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 obvious choices for long cuts and this is it man i agree well there you go guys that is the episode um we hope you enjoyed it it's a long one but you know what we had we had to talk to our, our friends about the tour and uh yes there's a third leg coming up in just a few weeks uh, hopefully Eddie's all good and the fine folks of Quebec City through Denver, Colorado are in for a treat. 
Uh, once again, thank you to our patrons who are fabulous, fabulous people. Uh, you guys will well know that there's already a new episode of Drop in the Show available to you. And, uh, you know, another one coming after that. And, of course, uh, we already put a poll out on, on what you guys might want to mm-hmm. procure uh, from, the, uh, from the merch side of things. So thank you for that. And, of course, T-shirts available. So if you want to do that, let us know. Anything else, Paul, before we uh, hit the road? Oh, gosh. Could be. I think we we packed about as mu- as many words into this episode as Eddie did on 7 o'clock. So I, I, I would imagine you know, that's I a little shout out to you, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Some of you don't like that at all. And that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week. And until we do, you've been listening to The State of Love and Trust. Love and Trust.